Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's story is called Getting My Wings, an original story co-written for you by me and Daniel Hines. We wrote today's story in honor of Pride Month and all of our LGBTQIA listeners and families. We're excited to celebrate this special community. If you'd like a list of other kids' podcasts celebrating Pride Month, check out the link in the show notes. Today, we'd like to say a special thank you to Jason and Kevin and their family, Harper and the rest of the Walsh family, Lily and Soren and their family, Nellie and her mom, Annika and Kamaya and their family, Nate and Call and the rest of the Brody family from Northampton, Massachusetts, Kieran and Larry and the rest of the Quinn family from Spruce Pine, North Carolina, Haley and the Qureshi family from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and Silas and Quinault and their family from Seattle, Washington. Thank you so much, Quinault, Silas, Haley, Larry, Kieran, Call, Nate, Kimaya, Annika, Nellie, Soren, Lily, Harper, Kevin, and Jason. You are part of what makes it possible for us to continue to produce fun new stories for our listeners. If you would like to support Stories Podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or just tell a friend about us. You can also head over to patreon.com stories and make a monthly donation. For just $1 a month, you can listen to all of our new episodes and our entire back catalog ad-free. Now here's a word from our sponsors. When it comes to size, kids' clothes are hard to get right. Stitch Fix Kids can help you find the perfect fit every time. And when your kid is wearing clothes they feel good in, they stand taller. Stitch Fix, the online personal styling service, now delivers children's clothes, shoes, and accessories directly to your door. First, you take a style profile quiz, provide details about your preferences for style and fit, and then an expert personal stylist will send a hand-picked box of items based on your preferences. I'm about to get my second box, and I couldn't be more excited. Stitch Fix Kids has every style you want in sizes 2T to 14. No subscription is required. You can choose between automatic shipments or getting new pieces on demand. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free, so if something doesn't fit right, you can send it back at no extra cost. Discover new styles and find unique pieces with Stitch Fix. Get started today at stitchfix.com kids stories to try Stitch Fix with no styling fee and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's stitchfix.com kids stories. Stitchfix.com kids stories. Stories Podcast is brought to you by Chase. Millennials are skipping the starter home and buying more three to four bedroom houses than prior generations. This means a larger down payment. Until you save money back up again, you're temporarily house rich. Chase can help you build up your funds again by saving you money over time. While other lenders incentivize the upfront transaction, Chase is there for you in the long run. They actively manage your mortgage over time and help you lower your payments or pay it all off faster. As a Chase customer, they'll save you money over time by showing you how you can lower your monthly payment. Chase, make more of what's yours. Learn more at chase.com stories. All home lending products are subject to credit and property approval. Rates, program terms, and conditions are subject to change without notice. Not all products are available in all states or for all amounts. Other restrictions and limitations apply. Home lending products offered by JPMorgan Chase Bank N.A. and Equal Housing Lender. Thanks! Enjoy the episode! Getting My Wings What do you mean we have to go to camp? Stevie asked incredulously at the dinner table. 
I made it through the entire school year and it's finally summer and now I don't even have any time off? Earlier that day, while he'd ridden the school bus home from his last day of fifth grade, Stevie had smiled so hard for so long that his face almost ached. He'd spent the whole ride looking out the window, humming gleefully under his breath and imagining all the games he'd get to play over the two long, school-free months ahead of him. Then it was like a huge weight had been lifted off his shoulders, but now, just a few short hours later, he felt the weight settle back in again. Wait, why are we going to camp? Stevie's sister, Stephanie, asked. Do we get to pick which camps we're going to? Stevie looked over at her. She actually looked excited. Of course she was. She was always excited about everything. Stevie scowled. Your dad got that research position at the university, Stevie's mom said, beaming with pride at her husband. Which is great, but since he'll be doing that over the summer, he won't be able to be home with you guys. Yup, said Stevie's dad with an equally proud smile on his face. I'll be sad not to have my summer off this year, but this is a really cool opportunity, and it'll be good for you guys to get out and do something different this summer, too. But I don't want to do something different, Stevie burst out. I have to do something different all year long. I just want to relax for once. I had plans for this summer. Stevie's mom and dad exchanged glances. They thought this might happen. Stephen, said mom gently, we're sorry we have to change the plans. Stevie felt tears prick at his eyes, but he tried not to let them fall. But what camp are we going to? Stephanie said, either unaware or unconcerned with her brother's distress. Camp's plural, actually, said Dad. It was a little tough to find you guys' spots this late in the game, but we got lucky. Steph, you're signed up for six weeks of soccer camp. Yes! And Steve, we thought you might like the drama camp they do at the youth center. Drama camp? Stevie thought. Drama camp? Stevie said out loud. I don't do plays. No, said Mom patiently. But you do like to make up stories and play pretend. We've seen you in the backyard, you know. You're very creative. Stevie's face burned with embarrassment. He didn't realize they knew about the games he played in the backyard. What else did they know? I'd like to be excused, please, Stevie said, looking out the window. There was still an hour or so of sunlight left, and he desperately needed to be outside. He looked back at his mom and dad. Their concerned faces made his stomach hurt. Please? Sure, kid, said Dad. Come back in before it's all the way dark, okay? Stevie nodded and pushed his chair back from the table, grabbing his still, mostly full dinner plate and scraping his leftovers into the trash. Stephanie was chattering happily about all the trick shots and dribbling drills she would learn at soccer camp, but Stevie could hardly hear her as he made his way outside. His mind was already a million miles away. Stevie's backyard was the best. It was big and lush and green with lots of grass and moss and dandelions and other little surprise flowers that Stevie didn't know the names of. There was a little pond where you could find frogs sometimes and dragonflies and cattails always. And there were thick woods all around the outside that shielded the yard from any other houses nearby. 
The best part were these two trees that were so tall you could barely see the tops of them. Their huge branches and big flat leaves created something like a canopy over the whole yard, and when Stevie was out there, he felt like he was in his own little world. Or at least, he used to. Drama camp, Stevie grumbled to himself, kicking at some loose pebbles on the ground. Mom and Dad didn't get it. He could see why they thought he might like a camp where you got to dress up and play pretend with other kids, but the problem was that Stevie didn't like to dress up as just anything. He didn't want to pretend to be lots of different things with lots of different kids. Stevie just wanted to be one thing. In the privacy of the backyard, in the shady canopy of the two giant trees, when Stevie was all alone, he got to be the best version of himself, the secret version. He looked up from the pebbles on the ground and made his way over to the old doghouse, which had been there ever since Stevie and his family had moved in, even though they didn't have a dog. He almost hesitated, since now he knew Mom and Dad had seen him, but he couldn't help himself. Stevie reached inside the little wooden structure, way towards the back where he kept a bunch of secret treasures, and grabbed his most prized possession, his wings. He wasn't sure exactly where they'd come from, but they'd definitely been Stephanie's first. She never really liked dressing up or sparkly stuff or anything, so she hadn't seemed to notice or care when Stevie started playing with them a few years ago. They were made of this gauzy, purplish-blue material with little spots of pink glitter all over, and had two elastic loops to put your arms through. When Stevie wore them, something happened. He felt different. He felt better. Realer, kind of. There was a lightness when he wore them, like there wasn't anything pressing down on him. Like maybe he could float up in the air, like a big red balloon. When Stevie put on the wings, he felt like he could do anything in the world, almost like he could fly for real. That's how it all started. He closed his eyes and opened them again, as Queen Stevie, the fairy adventurer. Under the shade of his two big trees, his backyard was gone. His imagination replaced it with the beautiful jasper jungles and soaring plum peaks of Feronia, his domain. And here, safe in his domain, safe in his backyard, and safe in his mind, he was she. And she could fly for real. Her beautiful wings blazed with light and hummed a melody, lifting her into the air, light as a soap bubble. And then, then she soared. She buzzed over mountains dusted with pink snow. She twirled wildly down through the fuzzy vines. She startled a flock of firebirds into flight and stayed with them for a time, their passage leaving a blazing red-orange rainbow in the sky. For a while, she simply flew, enjoying the wind blowing at her hair and tugging at her wings. It was freeing. It was peaceful. But even in Feronia, the peace couldn't last forever. Queen Stevie! Queen Stevie! Soon came the call. It was her people, the fairies of the peaks. They lived in honeycomb houses carved into the sides of the mauvish mountains. They were small and gentle, delicate as the pink and blue flowers they wove into their hair. Thank Titania you're here, a little fairy said. 
Queen Stevie had once read somewhere that Titania was the ruler of all fairies, and she liked the name. My girl has been taken by the evil wizard Warvolo and his goblins! Queen Stevie was already flying again, her beautiful wings casting rainbow prism colors in the sunlight. Where did he take her? He brought her to a goblin work camp! He has evil robots there, too! I don't know what he's planning, but I just want my daughter back! Don't worry, Queen Stevie said, drawing out her silver sword, her wings aglow like a full moon. I'll rescue your girl. No camp can stop me. The sword shone in the air and the fairies all cheered. She was strong and beautiful. She could fly like the sun itself, and she would never let them down. Queen Stevie lifted her arms, letting it wash over her. Ouch, Stevie said his fantasy dissipating as he slapped at a mosquito on his ankle. The bugs and peepers were out now, and the sun had almost completely left the sky. It was time to go inside. Stevie had imagined a summer spent living as his queen self almost all the time, but at camp, he'd have to hide it, just like he did at school. Stevie took a deep breath, slipped his arms from their elastic loops, and returned the wings to their hiding spot in the doghouse. His heart was heavy in his chest as he walked back toward the house. Okay, guys, I'm Allie, and I'm your counselor. Let's get started. It was the first day of camp, and Stevie was not excited. That morning, his dad had had to call him three or four times before Stevie would come downstairs, and he'd almost made everyone late. He recognized a few of the kids in the classroom school, but not everyone. There were three other boys, and the rest were girls, and so far he hadn't talked to anybody. Circle up, Allie called. We're starting with an icebreaker game. Gross, Stevie thought, but he didn't say it out loud. He trudged over and joined the circle. Okay, we're going to go around the circle and introduce ourselves with our first name and a word that describes us, got it? And the word needs to start with the same letter as your name. So I'll go first. I'm Adventurous Allie. There was a cool Caroline and a goofy Greg. Other kids were amazing or brave. And then it was Stevie's turn. Um, I'm Steven, or Steve, I guess. And I'm, uh... Stevie could feel his face turning red. Looks like Steven's having a tough time coming up with a word. Can anyone help him out? How about shy, one kid said, or maybe special? Stevie looked at him blankly, willing himself to speak, but unable to make his mouth move. Maybe sweet, said a girl that Stevie recognized from school. I was going to use it, but you can have it, and I'll think of another one. Oh, that's right, her name is Sophie, Stevie thought. He opened his mouth, ready to call himself Sweet Stevie, and then Allie interrupted. How about Studley? That's a good one for a boy. You can be Studley Steve. How's that? Not this boy, Stevie thought. But out loud, he said, Okay, I'll be Studley Steve. Just like school, he thought. On the inside, Stevie bundled up his heart and shoved it to the back of the doghouse in the yard with all his other secret treasures. On the outside, he forced himself to smile. The rest of the day couldn't go by quickly enough. Lunchtime was a nice break. Stevie was relieved to be able to sit by himself for a bit. He was eating his sandwich, completely lost in thought, 
when Sophie came up to him. Is it okay if I sit here? Um, yeah, I guess, Stevie said, smiling at her weakly. It was nice of her to try to help me during the game, he thought, but didn't say out loud. I did this camp last year, so I knew she might start with a game like that. I had a lot of S-words ready, Sophie said, almost as if she could read Stevie's mind. My parents signed me up because they think I'm too quiet. My dad usually has the summers off because he's a teacher, but this year he has a summer job, Stevie said. They thought I would like this because I... He cut himself off and tried to figure out how to explain that he liked to wear wings and pretend to be a queen without actually, you know, saying it. There wasn't a way, he decided. She wouldn't get it. They just thought I would like it, he finished lamely. Sophie smiled at him curiously, like she knew there was more to it, but she didn't ask. They ate the rest of their lunch in silence. When Stevie got home that day, he jumped out of the car and headed straight to the backyard. Queen Stevie, of course you'd come, sneered Warvelo the wizard from his iron throne. Do you like what I've done with the place? He gestured broadly at the so-called camp he'd created. It was carved into the same purple stone as the fairies, but deeper and darker, where the sunlight never went. Fortunately, Queen Stevie had her glowing gossamer wings to light the way. Unfortunately, they also highlighted the hideous gargoyles and strange runes the wizard had carved into every inch of the cave. Ugly, spider-like robots scuttled on the walls and ceilings, and a crew of goblins worked at the stone, digging the cavern ever bigger, ever deeper. Enough, Warvelo, Queen Stevie called, her voice clear and pure as a chime. I fought your forty foxes, I flew through your tornado trap, and now I'm here for the girl. Warvelo laughed. You think you can come in here and boss me around like some kind of studly Steve? Queen Stevie's silver sword sparkled with power. Never call me that again, you villain, she shouted. Strong Stevie, smart Stevie, sensational, skillful, swift, sweet, or super, sassy, snazzy, or even snarky, but never studly. She swung the sword with all her might at the wizard. He shrieked and disappeared in a cloud of poison green smoke. His iron throne took the might of the magic blade and burst apart with a scream of metal. Where is she? Queen Stevie shouted at the smoke. Where's the girl? Set her free, you monster! It turned out that drama camp wasn't terrible every day, and Allie the counselor was actually pretty nice. The only thing was that when she assigned characters to everyone in different scenes, she always gave Stevie something like basketball player or fireman, and he never got to play any characters he actually liked. But still, it wasn't all bad. The other kids were okay, especially Sophie. They sat together at lunch every day and even talked about stuff sometimes. It turned out they had a lot in common. We should hang out and play sometime. Are you free later? She asked him one morning. You could come over after camp today. It's pizza night. Stevie thought about it for most of the day. When it was finally time to go home, Sophie came bounding up to him, all smiles. So, are you coming? Stevie smiled for a second and actually almost considered it, but then he replied, I don't think I can today. Thanks, though. 
Sophie looked disappointed for a second, but then shrugged and changed the subject. Stevie felt guilty. Maybe it would be fun to play with Sophie sometime, but he just couldn't imagine that she'd want to play his games with him. She probably wouldn't get it. What if she saw the wings and thought he was weird? What if she told everyone what kind of kid he really was? He couldn't risk it. Where is she? Queen Stevie shouted at the smoke. Where's the girl? Set her free, you monster! For a moment, there was silence, and then a small voice piped up from behind the ruins of the throne. I know where they are, it said. I can help you. A suspect little creature staggered out of the shadows. It was caked with mud and grime and looked a little eager. When she first entered the room, Stevie had thought it was another goblin, but now she thought it might be a sprite. Sprites were friends to fairies and looked much the same except for being a size smaller. Who are you? Are you a sprite or a goblin? Tell me honest or taste my silver sword. I'm a sprite! I'm a sprite! Sophie the sprite, please! It was hard to tell if she was telling the truth. She may be another goblin, but maybe, just maybe, under all that mud and grime, she had wings of her own. All right, Sophie, Queen Stevie said, sheathing her sword. We'll see how this works. Now, where did they go? The sprite smiled and pulled aside a heavy piece of iron throne. Underneath, a sharply sloping tunnel ran into the blackness of the earth. Deeper. Darker, Stevie said, staring down the tunnel. At least my wings will light the way. They will, but you're more than your wings, Sophie replied. And you don't have to do it alone. She stood in the entrance to the tunnel, looking at Queen Stevie expectantly. And then she held out her hand. So, are you coming? The summer dripped by with Stevie feeling like he was living a double life, just like at school. During the day, he was Studly Steve, clumsily playing lumberjacks and grumpy old men in improv games. And at home, he was Queen Stevie, leader of Feronia, a beautiful winged creature. It was a lot of work, and it was exhausting. Camp was going to be over soon, and then there would be two weeks before school started again, so at least there was that. He just had to get through the final camp project, and then he was home free. Okay, guys, that's a wrap for today, Allie called out as the campers all headed to collect their things and go outside to meet their rides home. Don't forget, tomorrow is the big day. You need to present your original characters to the rest of the group. Bring in a costume and make sure you've really thought about who you're going to be. What are you planning to do tomorrow? Sophie asked Stevie as they headed out to the playground where their parents would pick them up. I'm not sure yet, Stevie replied. I guess maybe like a pirate or something. What about you? I've been working on this fun farmer lady with a silly accent. I'm so excited. Sophie's mom's minivan pulled up in the carpool lane. See you tomorrow, she called over her shoulder. Yep, see you then, Stevie said with a wave. He hadn't really thought too much about what character he'd play, to be honest, and he wasn't really looking forward to it. They were supposed to get up in front of everyone, in a costume, and tell a story as an original character. 
Even though he wasn't excited, Stevie didn't want to be unprepared. He was so absorbed in brainstorming possible people he could play that he didn't notice that his dad had pulled up in the carpool lane. Steve! Stevie! His dad called out the window, honking his horn. Stevie rushed over and jumped in the car, hoping that no one had seen his dad honk and yell. Parents can be so embarrassing. Dad, please don't honk when you come to pick me up, Stevie hissed, checking out the window to see if people were looking. His dad chuckled under his breath. Sorry, kid, but I was sitting there for a while and you weren't coming. Something on your mind? Stevie sighed. It's this project thing for tomorrow. I have to make up a character and dress up in a costume and perform in front of everyone. Could we stop somewhere on the way home so I can get an eye patch or something to be a pirate? Dad looked over at Stevie and furrowed his brow. I mean, I guess we could, but do you really want to be a pirate? That doesn't sound like you. Stevie looked hard out the window instead of meeting his dad's gaze. I know it doesn't he said quietly, but it doesn't really matter. There was a long stretch of silence before anyone said anything, and Stevie realized his heart was beating really hard for some reason. It matters, Dad finally said. Why would you choose to be something that's not you, when who you are is so great? Stevie didn't say anything, but he could feel his eyes filling up with tears. Dad pulled into the driveway, parked the car, and turned to face Stevie in the passenger seat. I think you should wear your wings tomorrow. I see how happy you are in them, and I bet you've got a really good winged character all ready to go. That has to be more fun than playing some pirate, right? But Dad, what if... Stevie blinked and willed his tears to go away. What if the other kids don't understand? And what if they do? Stevie was dumbfounded. He'd never thought of that before. Listen, Dad continued. No matter who you are, there are going to be people that don't like it. It's impossible to please everyone. I know it's scary, but we can't let the what-ifs keep us from wearing our wings. And for what it's worth, I know I'm just your old, embarrassing dad, but I'm proud of you. Wings or an eye patch, it doesn't matter. Me, your mom, and Steph will always be on your team, no matter what. Stevie was crying for real now, and trying super hard not to make any embarrassing noises. He wanted to say something to his dad, like maybe thank you or something, but that didn't feel like quite enough, and he knew he wouldn't be able to get it out anyway. Instead, he just scooted closer pressed his face into his dad's chest, and wrapped his arms around him in a big bear hug. His dad hugged back just as hard and kissed the top of his head. Stevie wasn't sure, but he thought he felt something wet, like maybe his dad was crying too. They stayed like that for a long while. It felt really good. So? Are you coming? Stevie hadn't been able to say yes, but Queen Stevie had always been the braver one. Heart pounding, Queen Stevie took Sophie's hand and followed her into the tunnel. Its walls were covered with layer upon layer of strange runes. Some glowed with color. Others seemed to writhe and turn like snakes, making Stevie shudder. The tunnel wound deeper into the mountain, 
and would have been pitch black if not for the light of Stevie's wings. This is the way? She asked, voice echoing strangely off the tunnel's stone sides. The air was getting danker. It smelled like mold and hidden things long forgotten. We're nearly there, Sophie whispered. He keeps her at the heart of the mountain. Queen Stevie kept going, though the weight of the mountain seemed to be pressing down on her now. She could feel it on her shoulders and back and deep in her belly. It had been hard to start walking this dangerous path through the darkness, and now it was harder still to push on to the end. Something inside screamed at her to turn back, but Stevie knew that if she could just keep going, she'd find something better, something brighter, on the other side. The tunnel soon opened again, into a room vast and dark. Stevie stood behind the curtain, about to go on. The butterflies in his stomach could have had wings as big as the ones on his back. They were flapping so hard, Stevie could almost hear them. He felt a little bit like throwing up. Now or never, he thought, and took a deep breath. The curtain pulled back. He closed his eyes and opened them again as Queen Stevie, the fairy adventurer. She strode into the heart of the mountain, her fear burned away by the light of her courage. Warvolo the wizard laughed, thunder rolling through the cave. His fairy girl prisoner was chained to the stones before him, pale and weak. You've walked into my trap, fool, the wizard sneered. You may be a queen in your own world, but here, in the dark, I am ruler. I take your worries and your fear and your anger and I grow strong and stronger. You can't stop me, studly Steve. For a moment, she felt it. The worry, the fear, the anger. She felt how it had grown inside herself, how it had bloomed like some terrible mushroom in the dark and secret places of her heart. That's right, said the wizard, pulsing with energy now. His body began to grow and shine with an oily, inky power. You feel it now. You belong here. It's better in the dark. It's easier to hide, isn't it? The wizard's magic flowed through her like a sickness, amplifying every negative thought and feeding on her fear. She faltered, the light of her wings dimming, the darkness swelling close. Good, good, he said and smiled with too many teeth. You think you're a queen, but it's all in your head. No one wants you. No one will accept you. That stirred something in Stevie, kindled something back to light. She looked up again, chin held higher. And what if they do? The wizard looked dumbfounded. He stepped back, eyes peeled wide. What if they do accept me, she said, her wings shining against the pressing dark. What if they get me? What if they like me? What if they love me, wizard? Her wings blazed to life, banishing every shadow from the cavern. The wizard howled, powerless as the light poured forth. In moments, it had burned him away like fog before the morning sun. Queen Stevie then smashed the chains holding the prisoner and scooped the fairy girl into her arms. 
In an instant, she knew that simply escaping the cave wouldn't be enough. She needed to shatter it so no one could ever be trapped there again. Her wings began to hum. She hugged her companions close. Hold on tight! Together, they flew up like a shooting star, bursting the stone peak into a million pieces. And, for the first time, the heart of the mountain was filled with sun. The applause was deafening, or at least it seemed to be to Stevie on the stage. He'd been so absorbed in his story that he'd almost forgotten that anyone else was there, and he'd performed with more energy and enthusiasm than ever before. As he looked out into the faces of Allie and Sophie and all the other campers, he tried to find sneers or scowls, but there were only smiles. Maybe one or two of the kids looked a little bored, but Stevie could live with that. It's impossible to please everyone, and that's okay. Stevie, you were excellent, Allie said to him later as they were packing up and getting ready to go home. Next summer, let's give you more characters like this one, okay? You really came alive. I can't wait to see how much you'll grow as an artist when you're playing parts that you connect with. Oh, thanks, Stevie said. He wasn't sure that he'd be back next summer, but he didn't want to say that to Allie when she was being so nice to him. You were a really good counselor. They hugged a little awkwardly before Allie made her way over to say goodbye to the other campers. You did a really good job, Stevie, Sophie said shyly. I have wings a lot like yours at home. Do you think you'll be free to come over and play sometime before we go back to school? Stevie hesitated for a second, then smiled a wide smile. Yeah, definitely. Actually, do you want to come over today? I have a really great backyard we could play in. That sounds fun. Let me go check with my mom. As Stevie watched Sophie run off, he noticed a funny feeling in his chest. He felt different. He felt better, realer, kind of. There was a lightness, like there wasn't anything pressing down on him, like maybe he could float up in the air like a big red balloon. Stevie smiled. He knew this feeling. He felt like he could do anything in the world, almost like he could fly for real. Wow, he thought to himself, and I'm not even wearing my wings. The End Today's story, Getting My Wings, was an original story co-written for you by me, Amanda Weldon, and Daniel Hines, especially for Pride Month. If you would like to support Stories Podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes, make a monthly donation at patreon.com stories, or simply tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening!